the keeper. Welcome back to the boys of 161st Street episode 168. We're coming to you live a little bit different this time. I mean, I don't know who's watching it live in the chat. If you are in the chat on YouTube, subscribe to the Bronx Mistrips YouTube ad. It's six. It's seven o'clock in the morning. We feel like uh, it was going to be way too late last night and we didn't want to be just the just feel like the worst people on the planet up at 2 a.m. And it feels like we're functioning members of society being up in the morning and talking some Yankees. Feels like a little bit of a like a morning radio vibes going on here. With the coffee flowing, boys are buzzing right now, and the Yankees are buzzing too. And we got this is an absolutely loaded show. I am excited to start my day with you gentlemen talking about the team that won last night. Had they lost last night, different story. I don't know if we'd be doing this. So how are we doing? Good, a lot better than if we lost. Um, I still, I'm not, I'm not mega confident because anything can anything can happen and i think we're kind of jinxing it by getting the tickets now but all in all i I feel good i feel good a lot easier to get up this morning with a win dude i sat yesterday and i didn't do a fucking thing i sat there just like pacing around my house just nervous for the game after losing the garrett cole start yeah i I was saying something too because i think i said this to damon no damon's away i said to somebody but there was a brief moment where I kind of relaxed and I felt confident enough to buy to talk about buying tickets and about to buy tickets to the home wild card game. And then one loss on Wednesday brought me Im- immediately back to completely freaking out. And now this one win last night is bringing me a little bit more towards confident, but not quite yet because we are playing the Rays next. So it's just crazy what we're currently going through is that one win can alter like literally 180 degrees, whether you're making the playoffs to just like to hosting a wild card to it's wild. I mean, oh, everybody no. knows the scenario tonight. where the yeah. four game tie, like, I don't know if that still is in line. It's totally still in line. If we go one and two, the rest of the way and the rest of them, do the Mariners win again? The Mariners yes. didn't play. Oh, no, I think yeah. the Red Sox may have fucked that up because they lost again. They were supposed oh. to be one of the the Red Sox and the Mariners are tied for the second. We're, we're in for something. We're, I hope we're not a part of it. I hope there's a three-way tie for the second wild card, and we could just watch that chaos. The magic number is what? Two. We need any two, a combination of two wins and Red Sox, Mariners losses. But I can tell you this, just like you said, everything flip-flopping, if the Yankees lose tonight again, I'm going to immediately, the season's over, panicking again. That's how, I mean, that's how much, and that's not, I am also being dramatic, but that's also how much these fucking games mean for everything. Every single game matters, and it's the Rays, and I'm scared. Well, the Rays, the Rays locked up the best record in the AL, so I really don't, I know they would love to be spoiler, but I feel like, I mean, they're pitching, uh, who are they pitching? They're pitching, they're pitching McClanahan and Shane Baz tonight, McClanahan and then Waka. Okay, so yeah, they're pitching like they normally would. All right, I don't know. I mean, even if they were resting their starters, the Rays are going to raise. Like they're going to like arguably, they're not starters. Are the ones that would be good against us? I mean, Brasso is the one who fucked us. So and he hasn't played at all this year, has he? So I I don't think it matters even if they did rest their starters. But 
regardless, we're going to get into that towards the back end of this episode. But at the beginning, we have a lot to talk about, about the obvious last couple series. One thing I wanted to open this up with before we get into Bronxy uh, is the obvious question. And I think this is obviously like the clip worthy thing that we'll post today is, are we worried about Garrett Cole in the wild card? I think it's fairly obvious. Like it's, it, you'd be crazy if you weren't worried. And this, that's why I'm saying this isn't a, a nonsense, like, Oh my God, it's Garrett Cole kind of conversation. Like you, you can't just poo poo this away. Like this is a real thing. If he can get roughed up like this by a, a, a granted great offense in the blue Jays, but the last month he has a six, one, five ERA. That's his last five starts. And that's like, that's not great. We've been talking about him falling out of the Cy Young race. I don't know if that's the case. Maybe we'll chat a bit, a little bit about that because Robbie Ray did get, just get roughed up, but I'm not worried about the Cy Young. I'm worried about him in the one game wild card because I mean, if he, if he's, he showed he's vulnerable. So if that's I the don't case, think he's healthy. That could be it too. So since the injury, since the injury, he's thrown twenty four and two thirds innings and allowed eighteen runs. Since the injury, so I, I think, and the biggest thing is it's his like the fastball command. Whenever he's a fastball power pitcher, when you don't have your fastball, you don't have your bread and butter, and you can't locate it. Like I saw a perfect thing. I was looking through clips because I wanted to see the complete game shutout against the Astros strike or pitch 120 whatever 127 whatever it was to strike out Jordan Alvarez was 99 and it was dotted perfectly top of the zone letters the home run he gave up to Simeon and a lot of these other ones I mean it's 98 down the middle he hasn't lost velocity necessarily velocity necessarily but it's just like he can't locate it because there's something fucked up with that hamstring I I just there's no way it's not you don't just forget how to pitch on start 30. So not when you're Garrett Cole, if that's the case, I mean, it's entirely possible. The numbers are showing that he's not pitching well after the here. The, I got some the, fastball after coming by. Yeah, here's exactly. here's his fastball numbers real quick. Um, from April to August, Cole's fastball at a 208 batting average, a 202 expected batting average, a 36 percent K percentage, a 45 percent hard hit percentage and an average exit velocity of 90 and he also allowed 10 home runs total in those five months. Since the injury, his fastball is a 340 batting average, a 307 expected, 23% K, 94 exit velocity, and four home runs in those four starts. I mean, the numbers are obvious, but here's the thing. You know, I don't know that we have another option. Like, yeah, we could go Nestor, but are you really going to do that? There's and no way. Can, I mean, can you do that? Like Cole will fucking murder you if you don't throw him. I'm mean, obviously, you know, we pay him all this money to do it, whether he's healthy or not. He's got to. He's got to go out there. I think that's more of the the conversation is like, are we confident in that? And I don't necessarily think I am. I mean, showing all all I said before, like being able to see that he can be roughed up like that by a, a potential up like a playoff offense, let alone not not even just a playoff offense. He's been roughed up by shittier offenses. And I mean, gave it up shows seven he's not, the Indian. yeah, it shows he's not bulletproof. And that makes me even more nervous for a wild card because before like having Cy Young, Garrett Cole go in there and I still have confidence in him. Like, I think he's one of the guys where he's, he's not a mental midget. I know you mentioned that a little bit 
before Chandler. Like he's. Not. I was be no. I know he's not. I was so just mad that like if he's injured and then you pair that with like he'll get fired the fuck up for the wild card game. Like yeah, it's, it's playoff vibes right now, but it's not the wild card game. So like you compare the injury bringing him down, the wild card, you know, just bringing him all the way up. I think it evens itself out, and I, I'm a I'm still confident in Garrett Cole, but. I'd be lying if I said I wasn't a little nervous. I think best case scenario <clears throat> is that his hamstring is back to normal for the most part, but while he was still trying to throw and rehab it while it was hurt, he was kind of nursing it and fucked up his mechanics, and we pay, we pay Matt Blake plenty of money to figure that out and fix it. I think that's best case scenario. And this is something that we said about every pitcher coming back Obviously, it didn't really work as well for Tyone because Tyone got injured because he potentially was rushed back too early. But we were saying with all these injuries, the innings are better served to us in the majors. There's no need for rehab starts, which rehab start or major league start, the injury for Tyone would have been the same. It's not like you're still pitching. You're not there's no more work being done. You're still pitching. So, I mean, this is what we kind of been saying, like Garrett Cole getting roughed up. So it would be kind of you know, naive of us or just like it'd it'd be silly of us to say like we're mad at Garrett Cole for being a little bit worse during these last five starts coming off injury because that's what we asked for. We asked him to just get innings here and build himself back up versus doing rehab starts. So maybe these five games you just throw away because they would have been or a few of them would have been rehab starts. And now we're at a place where we hopefully can be built up by the playoffs it's one game away, so I don't know if we are there. But actually, I wanted to get in a little bit of conversation because I know Kay and uh, Cohen and the broadcast crew were talking about this. What if it's win and get in on the last game of the series uh, against the Rays on Sunday? Do you no. pitch Cole on three days rest? Because you asked, the, he was asked if like you would be ready to, th- to go that game, win and get in. That's a wild card game right there. Don't even get me started on a game 163 because that could, obviously could potentially happen too. But do you throw Cole out there in three games rest, or do you throw Nestor out there or somebody else? I, I don't know about Nestor because he's pitching tonight, but I think it's somebody else. Because like we're just talking about is that Cole might not be the healthiest. So wouldn't you no. make that problem a lot worse if you throw him on three days rest and ruin him even if you get in for the rest of the playoffs? So I think we could find other ways to win, whether that be a bullpen game. Sevy looks good, like – you know, we could string something together without throwing him out there. Do you, well, it's, here's the thing. Totally do you, agree. Do you think finding a way to win? Because you can't play for the, the games beyond. If you if it's a wild card game, like not wild card, it's the game to get into the wild card game, win and go home. Like, do you think three game three games rest Cole is better than any other option we have, or do you think there's a better option to win that game? I think I mean, three day just, rest Cole is fine for that, but three day rest healthy Cole. Three day rest injured Cole is not versus we, what's the alternative like Montgomery? Would you throw well, Montgomery? Let's see. We're going Nestor Montgomery, and then <clears throat> presumably you're going to piece something together for that last game right now anyway, because that would be Tyone's start, but he's hurt. So I would be comfortable with a Sevy Mike King piggyback them off of each other, get what you can five or six innings, and then turn it over to Clay Holmes. Maybe Lewisaga for two. Dear God, maybe Chad Green, Chapman. You've got guys. You've got two starters in the bullpen that have both been lights out. I think if it gets to that scenario, I would rather see 
Sevy start, give me two to three, King for two or three, and then you piece it together from there. I mean, to me, that just makes the most sense. And it's not about saving Cole. It's just I don't think that he's healthy enough to go out and throw meaningful major league games on short rest right now when he's not 100% healthy. That was my question. It's like don't don't say it just to save Cole because that's not you're you're no, playing it, for tomorrow not today. It's like do you think another alternative is a better option to win that game? And I agree. I just want to pose that question. I think our bullpen's been awesome and there was a graphic that I I put up to you guys in the bullpen right now. It, I feel like and everybody feels like this is a Max Goodman tweet. Is this the best version of the Yankees bullpen we've seen all season? Because, you know, they've been dominant earlier in the year. Then they it went to being one of our biggest weaknesses, a glaring issue. That everybody was fucking hurt. And, and guys like Jolie Rodriguez and a Chad Green, who was bad and still is not great, were leading the pen. And Licky, we were talking about Licky is one of our, our best relievers. I forgot Licky was on Which Licky is having a great year, but like the fact that we were saying that is a problem. But now the Yankees' bullpen is Araldis Chapman, Jonathan Lewazga, Chad Green, Clay Holmes, who's obviously a beast now, Wandy Peralta, who's been good, Lucas Lickie, who's been very good, Mike King, who's very versatile and he has come back strong, throwing faster apparently, Luis Severino, who's been dominant, Domingo Herman, have we seen Domingo yet? No. no. But is a good option, and he can go long in Jolie Rodriguez. Like, that is a good bullpen and that gives me confidence because i've said this before about the versatility of this bullpen i mean i don't know how many of those names can go extra innings the better question is how many of those names can't go two innings chapman he can though no he cannot he has i haven't seen i haven't seen no no what was the when was the last time that i feel like he usually does the last time he tried to go more than one inning he gave up the brasso home run Okay, that was so, the last time. I mean, if you cross his name off the list, Lewisga can. He used to be a starter. Chad Green was that guy. Clay Holmes, he hasn't, I but I wouldn't be shocked if he could. He's the fucking best on the planet. Clay Wandy, Holmes does almost every time. Wandy Peralta, no. Licky, yes, right? Yeah. Licky has been that guy. He's been like the old Chad Green. He's like the cleanup guy. Mike King is is a full blown starter. Severino, yes. Domingo, yes. Jolie Rodriguez. So the people who can't. Are Jolie Rodriguez, and we're presuming they can't because they haven't. Who knows if they fucking can? Jolie Rodriguez and Wandy Peralta and Chapman. The rest of them are can are converted starters who can go extra innings. So we have that is so goddamn valuable. Like that is awesome, and that is the reason to circle back to the conversation why I think that's how you go the final game of the season if it matters. Hopefully, hopefully we lock it up. And here's my question too: Had you? said yes to Cole starting that game. Like, let's say that was your option. Do you treat that the same way if it means you locked up a wild card spot, but you're playing for home field wild card? Like, do you put it all out on the line, have Cole start that game if you're playing for not just, you're in the wild card, but you want it to be at home? No, definitely not. If you're we're just, not doing you're it just riding into the, the wild card. We're definitely not doing it. For no, I'd rather pitch in said wild card. Game. That was more of a question for you if you said you wanted Cole in that spot, but it's something interesting. I think right now you can't focus on <clears throat> home field. You got to play to get in. Don't, I mean, don't put one foot ahead of the other here or yeah. don't, whatever the fucking saying is. Don't, it, I don't know. Don't I think that's looking feet, too far. 
into the future, especially with how streaky this team said. We could easily get swept by the Rays and miss it completely if you're looking like that. The way the way this team's playing, I'm not trying to jinx it. I, I really I'm really confident in this team. Like this is the first time I've actually genuinely felt like earlier this year, and people have tweeted this, like reporters have tweeted this. I think it was uh I don't remember. But you know, when the it was four nothing in like the second inning or something, they'd be like, Okay, here's the tweet of like the amount of games that we've come back from in four nothing deficits. Like uh, you, you might as well just pack it up and go watch something else because this is over. Now, I mean, you look at an every night basis, even the game we lost on, on Wednesday, they were down 4 nothing, weren't they? And they yeah. fucking stormed back and lost 6-5 and almost won that game. And it's almost like a completely different Yankees team that we're seeing right now. It's like almost uh, this is the team we expected, like no lead is safe against this offense. Feels that way right now. And the, you know what? the pitching has been good. So, like, now when you have all those things going together, I don't know why. Like, it's not – I don't think it's crazy for me to say I'm confident this team can make a big run into October. No, I think you're 100% right. This is the most – they look alive for the first time, and maybe it's Bronxy the turtle or whatever it is. But also, before we get into more positive things, I actually do have a gripe because what in the fuck – happened to fielding a routine fly ball joey gallo figure it out man you're a gold glover you want a gold glove a year ago figure it the fuck out i'm sorry like i'm not trying to be overly critical but i think this is very fair criticism you are a gold glove outfielder that we gave up a shitload of prospect capital for if you're not gonna fucking hit catch a goddamn fly ball play little league level baseball i'm not asking for much i'm not asking you to gun people out from the wall Catch a fly ball. I did just do the first your thing. In, your message in the Slack says in all caps, bench Gallo. That's not a top. That's a topic. Not me pouting. Yeah, <laughs> I was mad. I mean, and I don't necessarily he didn't believe play yesterday. Well, he was hurt also. Okay. He, yeah. He, but like my he, thing he came back negative on the MRI though, right? He did, but I think it was just like a lefty pitching. He got hit. He was a defensive replacement though. Jesus Christ. I can't believe I said that, but like, I don't even necessarily believe the stuff I say, like Bench Gallo. That was just like a heat of the moment thing. But for fuck's sake, man, figure it out between the ears. Like, that's a mental mistake. Like, grow the fuck up. You're in New York. This is what you wanted. This is where you wanted to be. Grow the fuck up and catch a fly ball. It is the very first thing you learn when you're six years old and you put on your fucking rubber cleats is to go stand under a fly ball and catch it. Sack up and catch a fucking fly ball. You're playing for the New York Yankees. Now, you're not lumping that Rizzo one with, with the fly ball conversation because that was ridiculous. Oh, I 100% am. He he overran it, but like, exactly. that's an impossible play. He was you're a, it's, it's not impossible. Turn the fuck around. You're a gold glover. You're a gold glover. Did he ran Turn into the fuck right around. Field. He ran into the foul line by first base. Turn I around saw, and look at the I saw people ball. freaking out about that, and I, don't, I'm not I even, didn't... I didn't. I okay. That there's a difference between that one where he was turned around upside down, running under a ball, like almost trying to track down a home run ball in football. Yeah, he overran it by accident. I guess he's faster than he thought he was. But I'm not upset with that. Maybe it's because nothing happened afterwards because of it, and that's obvious. Like when you know DJ and then Gallo drop it and they end up scoring to fucking tie the game or go ahead. That's an issue, but. That's not as egregious as the ones that are actually routine. I wouldn't I wouldn't consider that play routine. It's not egregious, and maybe that's not routine, but it's a play that should be made. 
with the season on the line, if that yeah. same play happens in the wild card in the eighth inning, are you just like, meh? You know, yeah, I'm upset. Yeah, meh, yeah. I, That's, I agree. I, there's a difference between that and missing a diving play. Like, if Geo's going in the hole and dives and it hits off his glove, that's one thing. If you're running to catch a ball in foul territory that you're parked under and just overran, he didn't even turn around. It almost hit him in the asshole. Like, he overran it. Look, just look. Like, where it's fundamental baseball. That's not a crazy play to make. Yeah, it's a hard play to make, but you're a gold glove first baseman. They traded to get you for your defense. Catch the ball. Joey Gallo, they traded for you because you hit home runs and play good defense. Catch the fucking ball. DJ, you've won a gold glove. Maybe two. I don't remember. Catch a fucking ball. Catch a fly ball. When the ball is in the air and you're parked underneath it, this is the bottom line. You need to catch the fucking baseball. Like, you're a major league baseball player. I feel like I shouldn't have to be this upset about something like this. (laughs) Like, I'm not mad... I've, the things that I should be mad about with this team are striking out with runners in scoring position, shit like that. I shouldn't be upset about dropping fly balls. Oh, sorry. That's well, we drives me fucking crazy. We needed a ram from you anyway, so I'm glad you found something. No, I mean, god damn. No, I, I mean, you're right. I mean, if it if that happens in the wild card game, I am jumping out my window. Like that, I would go as far as to say I would be irate. I would definitely be irate. I, I would. I would definitely have a ton of gripes. I would have it would exactly. I mean, it's it is ridiculous, and it, especially because everything else we're doing is so good that the easiest thing we're fucking up, and it, it ends up being in big spots that ruin the game. So that is obviously. See, I don't think it's. I think those are one-off scenarios. I don't think that's a think that doesn't just continue to happen. That's not. You know, I mean, if Glaber made two plays in a row, like, and I was most scared about those, and he ended up making them. So everything I think is going to happen, doesn't happen, and everything I think that is going to happen. I don't know what I'm saying. You know what I'm Every getting. time there's you know a fly ball at. now, like a fly ball that's semi in no man's land, my heart sinks. Yeah, so every, That should not happen. The game is already going to be very... I'm going to be very much anxious all game. Now the routine plays are also going to give me extra anxiety. Like, they would give me anxiety, but not like this, because... Now we have actual evidence as to why we should be nervous about routine pop-ups. So I don't know, man. So in other news, this is this is a big moment for this podcast. Um, Andrew Heaney was sent down, and I think we're officially let's just give it a clap up for just us because I think this potentially and for the world and for the world this potentially is another scenario where we bullied a guy into retirement. Uh, that happened with Jay Bruce. I I think. I mean, we, we've we're, we've seen the last of him, right? I hope. Dude, he well, got sent down to Florida to like the instructional league. <laughs> oh, I didn't even know that. I was yeah, just worried he, he was going to come back when Voight got hurt. Just no, that they extra spot. Nope, they've uh, Abreu got pulled up, and Heaney's okay, and now good. in Tampa. Good, so good. He's with he's with sixteen year old Jason Dominguez. Practice yeah, Dominguez. He's, yeah, he's <laughs> going Jason. Honestly, he's probably the perfect fucking batting practice pitcher for Dominguez. Exactly. I'm sure he is. Ninety two right down the dick and let him hit some home runs and boost his stock. Look at Dominguez hitting home runs off of a major leaguer. Ooh, major league's a strong word. Yeah, that's. Hey that's... man, he got like seven starts for the Yankees in a playoff hunt. So. We, we don't, I don't really know why. Speaking of prospects, that it's something that I thought was just really 
interesting, and then we'll get back to you know the wild card talk. Anthony Volpe was named the uh, MLB Pipeline 2020 Hitting Prospect of the Year. For the Yankees, for the Yankees only. I, yeah. I don't know. Okay. Regardless. Just his numbers this year, he had 294, 423, 604 slash line with 26 home runs and 86 RBIs. That's unbelievable for a guy that was not our top prospect. And it just, it may potentially, I don't know about next year, but in his his arrival time is like 2023. So like that puts a a wrench in the offseason conversation for shortstop. Like the big big shortstop conversation of getting a big free agent potentially, uh, Changes that a little bit and the way the Yankees go about it. Um, I don't think it does. I think you have to play to win and get the best guys available and you make it work. Yeah, whatever. That's offseason talk. One thing I, we we got to bring it up is the Yankees got a new uh, mascot. It's no longer Nestor Cortez himself. Uh, I think that's probably why Nestor was the one who went after getting a. He was a big advocate for getting a, a team pet or team mascot, probably because he's been that the team mascot he's been nasty nester and he's been printing on shirts his cleats have been covered in it so maybe he was a little tired of the the spotlight and wanted to divert a little bit of the attention to a turtle so <laughs> he's have a, a turtle and now if you're for the folks keeping score at home uh the the yankees best the yankees team mvps this year have been a cat that ran on the field earlier in the season that we rattled off like a 10 game win streak after that uh, a turtle that now we had a seven-game plus win streak, and I don't know how many in the last fifteen games we've won, uh, and a pass ball. Like, those are our MVPs this year. Fair to say, whatever I works. Have one question. Team of calling destiny. Back, calling back to like team races, who's faster, Gary or Bronxy? Bronxy, fuck that motherfucker. I'm so tired of Gary Sanchez. Sorry. That's a hot button issue for me. You I know wanted this. to talk about Gary. Let it loose. I did, but I just, you know, we're we're that's having a happy good. moment with Bronxy, and Bronxy's been awesome. Well, that's a, that's that's it with Bronxy. That's all it. That's all we had to cover on it. Oh, okay, let good. it loose. Let it fly with Gary right now, dude. I'm fucking. I'm over it. I'm over it. If you're gonna play defense like that, at least fucking, at least hit. That's like your mo. That's your only thing. In his last thirty games, he's hitting under one ninety. He's striking out almost fifty percent of the time. Like, get it together, man. It's crazy. He's not even putting together competitive at bats. That's the thing. Like Luke Voigt came off the bench and he hasn't played in a fucking RIP, by the way. Yeah. But uh he um he hasn't played in a month and he at least is fouling off pitches, putting up an at bat, and hustling down the line, but he can't even like it wasn't even an open base. Which, you know, say what you want, at least he's trying. Gary Sanchez came up in the top of the ninth. Well, one, he went over three with three K's yesterday. Awesome. Good job. Way to be a DH. And then the night before and the loss, he came up, pinch hit top of the ninth, took fastball, strike one down the middle, gave, I guess you can call it a swing on fastball down the middle, number two. It was like a check swing. And then watch, you know, another off speed right down the middle, strike three. Didn't even take the bat off his fucking shoulder. Like He's not even putting together competitive at bats. And I'm sorry if you're a Gary lover, but I just don't know how the fuck you can defend this anymore. He had the play against the Mets. He's had multiple, multiple, multiple pass balls. He The other night, he had an awful defensive showing. It was pass ball fucking everywhere. It, I just, I, I, mean, I don't know what you, I don't know how you can defend him anymore. He doesn't, he doesn't block baseballs. He tries to pick everything. Again, 
Go back to Little League 101 catching. That is the very first drill you ever run as blocking a baseball in front of you. The very first thing they tell you when it's a fucking machine pitching to you is get down and block the baseball. Don't pick it. He tries to pick everything. It's a, He sits on his knees with runners on base. What the fuck are you doing? I mean, we talked about doing the routine things. That Dude. And, and, and it happening in a wild card game. See, like I said, here's there's, these are the two differences between that situation, the Gary situation, and the pop-ups. Is that the pop-ups, like I said, are a one-off. It's not a, a recurring thing, hopefully. You, I mean, that's not something that just oh, can just continue to happen based on like a lack of skill. That's, that's a fluke thing. That just happened to happen twice in in three minutes. It's, it's crazy, but I don't think it's going to happen. If I was a betting man, I wouldn't expect it to happen. The Gary thing is just a thing that's always been a thing. And now, for whatever reason, I mean, maybe the reason is he's just bad, is just, it. he doesn't even, he looks worse than he ever has. And we've trashed his defense before on this podcast, and just everybody has. I've never quite seen it like this to the point where he just looks like a backstop and not in a good way. Like you usually call a catcher like a backstop when he doesn't let anything go. He looks like a genuine fence that just he, it, the ball hits him and it just like he's not even using his glove. It just hits his glove and just bounces away. And then I've seen too many times him run like a little dumbass trot, just like looking for the ball. And like when he can't find it, that is ingrained in my brain as a Yankee fan. It's just him just like turning around trying to find the ball. And that's just terrifying to imagine that that could happen on an almost regular basis in one in one game not not only like once a game like it happens multiple times a game and against teams in the playoffs that will take that base and will you know you're you're playing to fucking win there's teams with speed like the rays will run all over us if that happens and they'll take every fucking base you can i i hate that i hate that so much and I hate it to the point where I'm almost at, at at the point where I want just Higgy in there just because, I mean, he's come up clutch recently. I know it, he hasn't been a great hitter this year, and neither has Gary. But regardless of the hitting, and I've, we've this has been the main thing, the argument for putting Higgy out there, who, by the way, is personally catching two of the five in the rotation, two of the four because Tyone's out now, so the rest it's a bullpen. So he's, he's, a, he's a basically a split-time starter at this point. I would put him as the everyday starter because you cannot have those pass balls. It's never I I would I would allow it if Gary's offense was a little bit better. I know he's I would still give Gary a little bit of a nod just based on prior pedigree to Niggy, uh, to, to Higgy on offense. It's obvious, but I mean, I we can't have. It's just like not a thing we can possibly have. Gary, he's literally a fence back there. He's just not even trying to make an attempt at the ball. I genuinely think, and I have never caught 90 plus miles per hour before, I think I could catch more than Gary. Because he's just sitting in front of the ball. He's not trying. I can get hit by a ball too. Just load me up with Kevlar. I'll sit there and I'll let fucking Sevy paint my chest. Yeah, no, no. Couldn't say it. Couldn't have said it better. I just, I think it's telling enough that the two veteran guys on the staff, the guys who've one Cy Young's, the guys who have been top five finishers and Cole and Kluber won't throw to Gary Sanchez. That's so telling. That is so telling 
These are this is a guy, Corey Kluber, that's probably thrown to I don't know, he's on the fucking Indians forever. So he's probably thrown to twenty different catchers, and he will not throw to Gary Sanchez. That's that's so telling. He won't do it. And it's not like he's been a Yankee forever. He's not making three hundred million dollars. Like he doesn't get the luxury of making these special requests like Cole Except does. For the fact that he's a vet. That's it's, it. He, he's a vet, and he but like that's just so telling to me. I saw that the other day. It occurred to me like two weeks ago, but I know we had our Gary embargo and I didn't really want to ruffle any feathers because we had plenty of other issues, but like the, it's, it's hit the boiling point for me. Like it's boiling over. It's, it's a, it's unmitigated disaster is what Gary is behind the plate. And I just, I don't think that you can go into 2022 with him as your starting regardless, catcher. Just, regardless of 2022, like, and I think even the Gary supporters are on our team here. Like, you can't tell me that you're you're confident in him behind the plate in a wild card game and beyond. No. This I'm not confident in him in doing anything. Since he was That's an I mean. all-star in 2019, he was an all-star because of that first half. He looked good again. Since then, he's been about a 170 hitter. He's not even hitting for crazy power. He's hitting like 20 home runs a year. Like, I don't need well, the advanced metrics here. I don't give a fuck. And what his, his like isolated power numbers are? Well, that just means how often that's when he hits the ball, it goes far. But yeah, that's congrats when you hit the ball every ten games. When you hit the ball. Yeah, like and here's the thing too. With we, I think right now with the way team this offense is playing through one through eight, even Glaber hit a fucking home run last night. Like the way this team is is playing one through eight, we can absolutely afford to just put a maybe like I'm even talking. You know, Higgy's a great defensive catcher. I'm talking like the worst offensive catcher on the planet who is an absolute stud defender. We can afford to do that. Like pick up some guy off the of wherever who can just catch and you just go up there and you're basically a pitcher hitting. We can afford that right now because we have one through eight banging. And when, when I mean, that's just the, the, the benefit of that over, you know, you have the pro cons between the two options. I'd rather have an absolute guaranteed out in the nine hole but catch a damn good complete game and not cost you any runs on the other side versus costing however many runs throughout the entire game and having this the slight benefit of gary's bat over gary oh over higgy it's It's so much like it's not even defense either and it's just this has been an issue for a while and it's not really talked about as much but it's just like even to the most bare bones, basic level of catching, calling a game. If a guy's late on a fastball, Gary Sanchez is calling a curveball and he's catching up to it. Like it's just, it's, he has zero baseball IQ and you need a high baseball IQ. If you want to catch a fucking staff for 162 games, he has no baseball intelligence whatsoever. Zero. You, you know, it's funny too, about just to wrap up this conversation about, about Gary, cause I'm done talking about him. Um, I just think it's funny with the personal catcher thing, like the fact that it's granted. Like, I feel like the Yankees are just like, Cole, all right, you've had a personal catcher before, but Kluber now, he asked for it. It's almost like a Yankees talking to him. Like, I, I picture Cashman and, and company having a sit-down conversation in an office with Kluber. Kluber comes just irate, like seeing the Gary situation. They're just sitting back. They're sitting back and like, listen, man, we get it. He sucks. <laughs> like... Like they're com- they completely get it, and they're granting this personal catcher to him to almost anybody who asks. It seems, and like you said, not somebody with long term Yankee pedigree or you know 
he's not going to be here for a while. So you have to keep him happy. Like Cole, like they're just like, listen, man, we get it. It's obvious. So I feel like Maybe. anybody, if Nestor asks tomorrow for a personal catcher, I don't think they say no. Yeah, so like that's maybe that's the key is just have every pitcher everybody say ask. they're not pitching Gary, <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like we don't have to pitch to him anymore. Could you imagine that? I said yeah. that I said that like earlier this year as a joke. Like the way we get Gary out is to have everybody just ask for a personal catcher, and now it's like we're one guy away from from Higgy being the the majority starter. They should just have that scene from Rudy where they all walk into the manager's yeah. office and lay their jersey down, unless Higgy's gonna start. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, oh my god uh moving on the, the next thing i want to talk about on, on a lighter note we obviously talked about Santon being an absolute beast but he continued to be a fucking beast in this in this last series i mean that ball that he hit an absolute country mile that was at his front toe that the the stat came out that that was the lowest ball that he's ever hit in his career he literally golfed that out. Not only was it low, but it was low and inside. It borderline. If that was Rizzo, like he was, if he was up on the plate like Rizzo is, that hits him. So yeah. the fact that he could golf that out is just absolutely unbelievable. It's just like this man actually is unconscious. What I like, what I thought of when I saw that was just like that scene from Benchwarmers where they bounce it to him. And he just fucking takes it deep, like it. It it's almost like you're trying to not. It's almost like also other time, other movies. I'm not thinking of particular ones at this point, but like you try to intentionally walk him, and you step across the plate, and he hits a fucking home run. Like you do that in little league or whatever. Like he's not letting you pitch around him. He's just gonna swing, and he's hitting him now. It's not like he's just a free swinger who's missing. Like if you're trying to pitch around him. He's going to swing out of the zone and take it a country mile. Like he's that hot right now that not only is he hitting just everything in the zone, he's just swinging at everything and it's it's fucking working. And I Two I hope this I mean one Sand is one said, of the most streaky hitters on the planet. I just hope we he rides this into the playoffs and I I'm confident that he will because you know with the adrenaline from the playoffs starting plus finishing out this season, like if he does finish out these next three games remotely still hot. I think we're good. If he goes into a slump for these three games, I'm I'm scared because that that rides with him. He's a, he's Did a guy. Did you see who, what he said? What? They asked him, like, when was the time in your career you've been locked in like this? And he said 2017 when he hit 59 home that runs. That just gave said, me chills. That just gave me such chills, dude. That's crazy. <laughs> yeah, they literally asked him, like, hey, when was the last time you felt this comfortable with the plays? Like, uh, he said, I can't tell you specific dates, but somewhere in 2017. I genuinely have chills. It's also it's so crazy what just those I don't think it's like now. him just free swinging there either and just being locked in. He had to do that, and this is another just, you know, Sorry to keep bringing the mood down, but the umpiring in that Blue Jays series both ways was fucking atrocious. Yeah, whatever. Move on. No, I'm just telling you that's why he's swinging at that because they called strike two on him that literally like clipped his kneecaps. So, you know what? Fuck you, umpire. You want to call strike two that hits him in the kneecaps? He'll just hit it 600 feet instead. (laughs) (laughs) Also, we've been talking all year about how he and Judge just can't be hot at the same time, and we're finally seeing it, and it's really scary. Oh, it's sexy. Yeah, it's been stat, like two months of it now. I have the stat right here, I think. Let me pull it up. It was... This is crazy. In August and September, Stanton and Judge 
uh, have both combined for eight plus home runs and twenty plus RBIs. This is the second duo in MLB history that has ever done that. Behind Babe Ruth and Lou Gehrig did it before nineteen thirty one. This we talked about it last time. First of all, those names just gave me chills too. Like this is the the two that we were promised. I don't know that there's a better duo in baseball right now, and I don't even think I have to th- like try and. I don't think we need to dive into it to like talk about the other potential duos. I don't care. That stat alone in the last, and it's in the two most imperative months, August and September, to get this team that, and it, we, we needed it too. And I mean, August Stan has nine home runs, uh, twenty five RBIs. Oh, oh, by the way, that stat was consecutive months. So they did it. That wasn't a combined eight home runs, twenty RBIs in those two months. It was both months they both did it. So August. That's even more crazy. I was under the impression that it was the other thing. So I was gonna say that's what I figured you meant when you. Yeah, no. It, I was like, yeah, combining for eight home runs isn't. It's not that much. I was as I was as I was saying it. I almost felt like I was hyping myself up, but now it's now it's now it's cool. So like, Sen, I'll lump it together. In those two months, Sen has nineteen home runs, and fifty Holy and fifty shit. RBIs and fifty RBIs, months? fifty RBIs, and then Judge in those two months has quick math here: sixteen home runs. And 46 RBIs. A little warm-up for work later. Yeah. Doesn't Stan, like, not even have 100 RBIs in the season yet? Or, like, just barely has 100 RBIs? In these two months, he has 50. 50. Dude, they have 96 RBIs combined in those two months. There's some math right now. That's crazy. Yeah, Yeah, I'm ready to roll today. I'm coming out on it. God. Also, hats off to Judge, and Murphy already took his hat off for me. Um, (laughs) He single-handedly won that game yesterday, right? Two home runs, diving play that shifted the momentum. It's crazy. It's it's. It's crazy the impact that these guys have. You say like a guy wins a game for you, and people say it pretty routinely, but these two gentlemen, Judge and Stanton, over the last two months are literally single-handedly winning baseball games. Like Aaron Judge yesterday won that baseball game. John Carlos Stanton won the Red Sox series. He literally won the Red Sox series. He, he won a three-game series. more runs than they did, yeah. He had more RBIs than an entire team he had over ten, a weekend. He had 10, they had nine. Exactly. That's what I'm saying. This is something that's said exaggeratingly a lot, but it's fucking, like, this is real. We have two guys on our team that, at least two guys on our team, that can single-handedly win you a game. Offensively and defensively, and that's just it's beautiful. And that's beautiful. not even including guys who can get hot. Like, I mean, Gallo, Rizzo, like this team's good. This team's good. I'll say it. I'll be the first to say it. Uh I'm I'm very confident in this team. The one thing, and we we brought it up a little bit before, and I hate to bring the mood down again, but the Voight thing, I think we just need to we need to address it a little more than we did. It's like the Voight injury, I mean, you just feel bad. For, it's, for sad, him. it's just so sad. I mean, he he was His probably last not bad as a Yankee as a strikeout. You really think that's the case? That's the end, man. There's no way. There's no way that relationship's tarnished. It's ruined. It's gone forever. <sighs> Bye. Can't I hope agree. you're wrong. Can't I hope. Wrong. I hope to God I'm wrong. Agree. Well, I hope. I hope so bad that I'm wrong. What did you say, Murph? No, I I just was agreeing. Like I hope you're wrong, but I, you know, I agree. How do you bring it back next year? You basically just spit on him. You get, and then well, he's under contract. It's he'd have to be traded. Exactly. But what would you want to play for the Yankees if they did that to you? No, I wouldn't. They basically just That's kicked him I, in the nuts and spit on him while he was on the ground. I almost thought that was a fake injury. That's why I put when you guys said it in the chat, dude, he couldn't walk. I don't. All think right, I, I know, but like 
I thought without knowing that, I, I forgot about that. I was like, I felt like it was a phantom injury just to save him face and just be like, he's not getting benched, he's hurt. And then we could deal with it in the offseason with what we're going to do at first base. So I thought that's what they were doing. <clears throat> Still could be the case. Maybe they were putting on a little bit of a, a, little bit of a play. Like, hey, Voight, limp for us so we could save you a little bit because you, you got benched. But for for no no fault of your own, you got benched. Uh, but we're we're gonna go with Rizzo, so fake an injury. That's what I thought. It's still kind of a little bit me and me thinks that. So I don't I don't think so. I just it's sad. Yeah. I'm sad. I'm sad. He doesn't deserve that. Some people still defend like benching him, which is fine. If you want to be that guy, be that guy. But nobody nobody dislikes Luke Voigt. No. It's not like even in. I think it was like two years ago we were playing in Anaheim and it you could hear the fucking Luke chants like coming down from the crowd. We're on the complete opposite coast. Everybody loves Luke Voigt. He doesn't deserve that. It's sad. R.I.P. I hope it's not the end. I hope it's it not is the, the end. end. Uh, one it. thing one thing I wanted to bring up that I thought was like, you know, credit to Boone here. I'll give him score one for Boone. I really like this. I don't know if you guys noticed this in, in the game. I think it was yesterday. Or the day before, but did you guys see when Boone held up the the one, like like take a pitch sign? It was three zero to Rizzo, and Boone from the dugout like did little like little league thing where he was like take, like he held up the one obvious like it was obvious to everybody he held up the one, and it was like take a pitch. It was three zero, and then Rizzo proceeded to take an absolute daddy hack at it. I thought this in the moment too, so credit to me as well as Boone. I was like that could be a decoy like that could be that could be a green light sign and it's so reverse psychology that the pitcher saw it like the pitch i don't think it was yesterday i think it was the day before but the pitcher was like oh okay like it's green light let me get i think it was yesterday i think it was against robbie ray uh regardless of what so when he hit the home run no he he flew out but i i I credit to boone there that's a very a lot of people, you know, I think you're will, giving him too much credit. Regardless, I, I, I just that, the idea of it. I don't know if it was his idea. I really liked that. I think that I was don't very, think that that's a thing. Or, I think you're Rizzo just making this up. Or Rizzo just missed the sign. Or, or Aaron Boone was just waving his finger. I don't think off. Rizzo missed the sign. It's three zero. Like that's a if you're swinging at three zero, you and, and the sign was given. There's no cross up there. I, I think that's I'm I'm gonna I'm willing to die on this hill that that was a decoy green light sign. And I and if it is, I absolutely love it. Do it again. So. You can't do it that You're many more times. Conspiracy theories. You can't today. do it that many more times because the, if you do it like one more time, I feel like that's it because everybody's like, all right, it's clearly the green light sign. But then you switch it and it's actually a take, and then you're playing mental warfare, and and that's just that's how you win baseball games, mental warfare. So I no, I think uh, you've played too much Xbox this morning. That. I just don't believe that that's true at all. I think it is. So I, I don't think a major league baseball team has a decoy sign, and I don't. Why think not? That, I don't think. Th- I don't think it's a decoy take in the age from of the sign dugout. stealing. It's almost like a Bauer yeah. situation where I'm going to tell you what I'm pitching, and th- like I'll tell you, here's a fastball, and then you get a fucking knuckle curve, and it's like whoa, because like Bauer would do that, and then he would yeah, actually and they throw would it. throw the fastball, then he would throw it. But imagine he did it six times. He threw the actual pitch he told them, and then he did it one time, and it was not the pitch. That one pitch, you're, there's no way you're hitting it. So it's, it's mind games, man. Bauer was Bauer who, I mean, remember him. I don't know what happened to that guy, but uh, like he's playing mind games, playing chess while everybody's playing checkers. It, it was a buildup 
for that one time where he crosses you up. He'll tell you of 17 pitches, but the 18th will be the one where he gets you. And then you'll be like, yeah, see, it was all worth it. That's what Boone's doing. I love it. Uh, I think you're giving him way too much credit. This is a guy that can't put a lineup together without a computer. That's like, fine. Um, one thing I did want to bring up in the area of concern is a stat Katie Sharp put out. It said the Yankees have allowed 30, 31 first inning home runs. That's the most in the American League. Maybe that's a lot of Heaney. I think it's a lot of Cole, to be honest, also. And I, that makes me extremely nervous in a wild card game. My, my biggest fear is going down early in a wild card game, which we didn't do in Oakland. We got up early and stayed up. And that's that's kind of how the wild card goes is like you're up it's early. You, you ride that momentum to the end. It's one game. You go up early. The other team is down. Like, obviously, that's that's how it works. But I mean, like down mentally. Like, that is not something you can come back from. Most times. It's hard to. Uh, I hope we're not the team that goes down early. Statistically, we are the team that goes down early the most. So <laughs> I, I hope I hope that doesn't happen, but I don't know, man. I, I feel like good. Nessner's the best first inning pitcher we have. I don't know why. I don't yeah. have I'm not looking at the stats in front of me, but if I had to guess the one guy in our rotation that's given up the least amount of first inning runs, it'd be Nestor. Yeah. I actually am looking up something completely unrelated, but in in the in the hopes that we make the playoffs, and I think I think I'm feeling very good about that right now. Sorry, I'm googling on Baseball Savant right now. Murphy's new favorite website. I just wanted to see Garrett Cole's home versus away splits, and obviously he's been you know bad this month but like home versus away is a big thing that's one of those stats that i actually genuinely care about like there's egregious differences between people like i remember <clears throat> tyone remember his numbers tyone's home versus away splits were like ridiculously bad all season like a huge difference so mm-hmm. i mean that's that that could make all the difference in a wild card game whether it's home versus away and garrett Cole's in the mound so I hope these numbers, if I can find them. I don't. I don't think it matters for Cole, to be honest with you. Like he's the best pitcher. He's the guy you're paying oh, I found X it. amount of money. Like just let him rock. Uh, if he's healthy, they're he's they're very similar. So I'm I'm happy they're yeah. very similar. If it were like, I mean, this is Damon's stat. Remember Damon said uh, day games versus night games. Day games he has a five ERA. Night games he has a two two eight. Away versus home he has a three eleven at home and three thirty two at at away games. So I'm not worried about home versus away. Hopefully we don't get the early early slate for they the They already the came out card. with the time at 7 or 8 okay. o'clock. So there you go. You get a 228 Garrett Cole. No, I mean, statistically, I'm not. I don't know. I don't know, man. I am. I'm excited, but I'm nervous. Dude, the next time we record, it's either going to be the day, the eve of a playoff, or we're going to be eliminated. Oh, my God. I'm. I'm hoping it's it's the former, but I, I think it's I'm getting those vibes right now. I, th- I think we're about to I think we're about to go on a run. I, I hope. hope so. Knock on wood. So. All right, that'll do it from us today. I know we said we were gonna do rounding third. You know what? Why don't we do a couple rounding thirds? Let's look through let's look through this to end the episode because we want to hear from you people. Uh all right. So and we also put out uh, the story to see like where you guys, what your level of concern is with Cole. Everybody is very, 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 very. Some people said stop the nonsense. I don't think you're 
right if you're in that camp. You're crazy if you aren't nervous, and we talked about that before. But the majority of people were nervous about Cole. Can I say um, this about Cole real quick? I don't think it's a level of concern as him as a pitcher. It's injuries. Like, how concerned are you that he's not 100%? I don't think anybody's concerned about Garrett Cole, the pitcher, just to clear that up. Yeah, I agree. All right, with the with the rounding third, let's do these a little bit quick because we got to get to work. A um, little bit of a lightning round. Sevy makes a start in the playoffs with Tyone being out. I don't know if he means with him being. He didn't. I put with him being out. He said with Tyone. I think it just means with the what happened to Tyone. Uh, does the good old Hap Devi? Oh no, he actually means both of them pitching. I don't know what's the deal with Tyone. Is he coming back? He threw yesterday. Okay, so do you agree that like Sevy piggybacks with Tyone? I think that's yeah. I think that's probably how they would it. treat it. Yeah, I I think I Tyone would start, but I could see it. Yeah, I, I hope it's not the Hap Devi. I hope he goes more than an inning, but I could definitely see them piggybacking Sevy, who's been like instead of there's two guys who can't go a full start, so why don't you just take two guys who can do a half start each and make it a full start? So I agree, I'm there. Um, Sorry. Boone is destroying Voigt's career. Agree with you. Send it Sully. That is the name. Uh, Nestor Cortez, ALCS MVP. No. <laughs> no I hope so. Hear me I, out. Why not? <laughs> there is a path there. It can there, it, I mean, if ty- I think, well, if you go Cole, Kluber, Montgomery, and Nestor out of the pen... There's a way. Yeah, I feel like he would have to come out of the pen or just do some jackknife things for him to... Jackknife. <laughs> I think he would have to start it like a swing game and then come out of the pen a couple times. Yeah. Here's, here's a little bit of a, a prediction, but I want to I want to pose this question. We haven't talked about it yet. Assuming we make the playoffs, and there's obviously a, a, a clusterfuck going on down below us, uh, Danny Masseroni said Yankees versus Mariners in the wild card. So... That could entire that could, what the Mariners have been doing is unbelievable. They're that could be best that record in baseball. Since actually, happen. Who would you guys want to face in the wild card? For excitement reasons, the Red Sox. For yeah. matchup reasons, the matchup Mariners. reasons. I also like kind of love the Mariners. Right, I now. love them like, too. They're just like they like they shouldn't be good, and they are. And like I hope they just make it, and then we win. But like, I hope they I make wish it. they were like in the NL. And like could make it to the World Series as like this last minute yeah. Cinderella wild card team. Obviously, there's a, still a huge Cinderella story there, but we're in the path of it, which isn't cool. Yeah, it's but, almost like I, I want them to be on the other side. Like it's like you want to root for them, but they're literally playing us in the first game if they make it. Yeah, yeah, like they're it, they're mutually exclusive. Either they do so, if they do something cool, we're really upset about it. Yeah. I, I I think making the playoffs alone. I mean, they have, they have the longest drought in any in the history of any sport team. They haven't made the playoffs since two thousand one. So I think honestly, yeah. I'm fully rooting for them, and I think it's okay. Like you, if you get bounced in the in the one game wild card, if you make it, you weren't supposed to make it. This is like no. this is wild. Like next year, yeah, next year they were they're they're a good team, young. Like they're gonna be good. I like what they're doing, but like. On the flip side, are you scared though that if they make it for the first time in twenty years that they're they the team the of destiny? They're the team of destiny. I don't know. They could they could be that like that that nationals team that just ran with the fire. And we got that already in the Cardinals. We could, we have two teams that are literally on both sides. It's it's actually wild when you look at this this 
wrapping up the regular season and postseason in general, what's shaping up to be, this could be one of the ones that you look at and it's like, holy shit. Do you remember that? Do you remember those two teams on both sides that were had had a I mean you see the numbers with the Cardinals are like a five percent chance to make the playoffs like two weeks ago and now they clinched? Dude, they won seventeen games in a row. Yeah. That'll do it. That'll do it. Seventeen in a row. We won thirteen and gained one game. Yeah, but then we proceeded to lose like eleven. No, yeah, no, I I'm not comparing it whatsoever. I'm just putting it in perspective. How crazy yeah, of a run that is, and how the, good like things had to go for him because the Brewers aren't like any slouches. But I guess the rest of the wild cards kind of died off the Reds and Padres and whoever else. But poor, how crazy is it that Padres. the fucking uh, Dodgers have like a 17 game lead for a home field advantage in the wild card? It is crazy. It's, it's so crazy. That. Just what's going on across the league and in different areas like that whole thing between the giants and the Dodgers. I, mean, I hope the that giants, we make the it. giants yeah. locked it up now, I think, but yeah, I hope that we head. make a run just because this is such an electric, like postseason in general, like this is such a cool ass postseason. I want to be a part of it. And I know if the Yankees lose, I'm going to be bitter and not watch it for like a week and miss something cool. Agreed. All right, I think that'll do it from us. I got to get to work, but uh, I'm glad we did this morning thing. Maybe we do the morning thing more often. Um, now I feel like a functioning member of society. As always, if you want to, if you enjoyed the show, I mean, the, the dedication to, to the team, to nine grown men playing a, a child's game in tight pants is absolutely undeniable. Like, we just got up early, 6 a.m. to talk about some Yankees baseball to get this in. The hustle's there. Uh, credit to us. <laughs> I'll yeah. be the first to say it. Uh, let's go, Yanks. If you think uh, you, if you enjoyed this, make sure to give us a five-star rating on iTunes. We really appreciate it. Helps us make more shows. If you want to write a review, we'll read it. We'll read it aloud. A little story time. Uh, we appreciate those. Subscribe to the YouTube Bronx Pinstripes. Um, if if you want to see the video version and the live podcast the night before or the morning of, uh, maybe we'll do morning of coming 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 uh, going forward. So we'll see. Uh, if the Yankees make the playoffs, expect us to do episodes after each game. As long as the run continues, we'll work around our schedules and, and make that happen. Whether it be one of us just giving a little update, if we all can, we'll make it work. So, uh, yeah, let's. Here's to a, a good final three games of the season. I'm going to the game on Saturday. Um, let's let's finish strong. Let's make the fucking playoffs. If we don't make the playoffs, I think it'd be an epic collapse similar to what the, the Red Sox are doing right now. So let's hope that doesn't happen to us. Um, yeah, let's go. Let's go, Yanks. Let's go, Yanks.